Have you ever dreamed of owning property somewhere sunny and beautiful all year round? A place where nature thrives and sandy beaches dominate the shores? A place that's just more pura vida? If so, you've come to the right place. We put this show together to help you break through the barriers of owning and investing in Costa Rican real estate. We're here to provide the knowledge and tools to make it happen. This is the Breakthrough to Costa Rica podcast. And now, here is your host, Rob Brake. Welcome, everybody, to the Breakthrough to Costa Rica podcast, your source for Canadian-focused knowledge and information on purchasing property right here in Costa Rica. Be sure to check out our website, pointbreakhomes.cr. There you can follow along with all of our build projects in Costa Rica and explore the Gold Coast with us for other amazing opportunities. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, We have a great guest today, Francois Lantier, and we're excited to be talking to him all the way from Ottawa. And he does investing all over the world now which is really, really cool. We touched on that a bit, but today we're going to focus on Costa Rica. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And I wish I was in Costa Rica right now, but anyway, I'm still in Ottawa shoveling snow and enjoying life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How is it there right now? Uh, It's kind of mild minus eight. So Ottawa at the time of this recording, it's late January. Uh, usually we're closer to minus 20, minus 30. So uh, I'm enjoying it, but I would much prefer to be where you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll take it though. That's, that doesn't sound too bad. No, it's not bad. It's it's pleasant. So part of winter. Um, well, I mean, let's just jump into it then. What, uh, like, tell us a bit about yourself, first of all, and then how you got started in real estate in Canada, and then we'll transition over to Costa Rica. Yeah, absolutely. So I started maybe, well, 2006 is when I started investing. I got my first house. And uh, the first house we, my wife and I got was a fixer upper from the 70s. It had the blue tub and all the walls were painted pink. It was the worst house ever. We stayed in it. We did what we called slow flips. So we moved in it and fixed things up. And we sold it for a profit after about two years. And we did that several times uh, until uh, about 10 years ago, I would say my father passed away and my mom was looking to downsize. And I thought, hey, why not buy a place she could rent? And that was she was our first tenant. So my mom became a tenant, kept her house. She rented it to someone else and moved into a condo that I I owned. And then my wife and I like, well, this is easy. Let's buy a duplex. So we bought a duplex. And that went really well. Then we got a second one. That also went well. And then we're like, okay, uh, we're kind of running low on money. So let's go outside of our province. We were buying in Eastern Ontario where we live. And then we went to New Brunswick uh, where properties were a lot cheaper and you could increase rent. So we did quite well there too. Uh, We brought several properties during, uh, that's during the pandemic. So that's very recent. And then Alberta, Alberta, same thing. The price points were very low. We did really well there. And then then we're like, well, let's look down south. What's available in the U.S.? Uh, If you can see here on the camera, I've got like a nice sign of Detroit. So we went to Detroit, bought some properties there. And that's quite enjoyable as well. 
and I like the U.S. income. And then I thought, well, the U.S. is a big country. Let's keep going down south. So we went to Florida where we have properties. And um, yeah, it's just kind of spirals out when I get excited about something. I just keep looking. And yeah, in Canada, we've done very well. Uh, we did several joint venture partnerships. Uh, we've done, uh, we've purchased multifamilies, larger. We did commercial, um, quite a variety. But in a nutshell, that's kind of the Canadian slash American experience. That sounds great. And I know we're breezing over it, but that's not what we're here to talk about <laughs> because I have so many questions and you're just, you know, oh, we bought here and that went great. And we bought there and that went great. So we just kept yeah. going. So, <laughs> well, eventually all that great, great stuff brought you down here to Costa Rica. So um, what sort of got you interested in, in, in Costa Rica and what was your first purchase? Yeah. So funny enough, I'm actually not much of a traveler. So it's really changing now with uh, all these properties in various exotic locations. I am enjoying traveling. My parents travel the world. They've, I think they've been in almost all countries over many, many years. And he kept saying, oh, it's amazing. There's great people and you discover things. So Costa Rica, I've heard so many good things uh, that I thought, well, I'll get a pre-construction property because financing is complicated in Costa Rica unless you're going with a new build. Uh, I, I found out many other ways now. But anyway, back then, that's all I knew. So I thought pre-construction, it's not too bad. You put in a down payment and then you pay in phases as the property grows. So I got two pre-construction properties. Uh, and then it was conditional upon me visiting Costa Rica, which I did. And then I'm like, well, I don't like those properties at all. <laughs> so I backed out and then I oh, found another okay. place. Well, wait a minute. I want to stop you there then. Why yeah. didn't you like them? What was it? Where, let's, where were they and why didn't you like them? Yeah, so near Tamarindo. So I was told uh, it was in a prime location. I visited. It's in a floodplain. So as soon as the rainy season comes around, those places will be hard to get to. You'll need almost a, a boat to cross. There's like a river during dry season. You can cross by car, but during rainy season, there's no bridge. So I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a suburban guy. I don't do that kind of thing, driving in mud and hoping I make it across. So I didn't like that. The buildings themselves are great. But again, like anything else, location, location, location. In real estate, that applies anywhere, including Costa Rica, in my opinion. So that area was kind of oversold where that property was located. I just didn't like it. So I'm like, well, too bad. I'm backing out and we're buying something else. So my wife and I bought a place that was already built, needed some work, but it was already there. We could see dry season, rainy season, how this would react. No bridges or rivers to cross. So that was my reasoning there. All right. I mean, that sounds that sounds like a good thing. So that is another reason why maybe a knowledge of the area is a, is a good thing to have in the first place too. Right. So really I like is. that you did come down before you bought it. Now I've worked with people here that have bought um, without even coming down, but I think it has a lot to do with, you know, these are investors and they, and, uh, and there's, and there's a couple of things they, they, they rely on the proven numbers, you know, 
in in a lot of circumstances, not just like projected numbers where maybe you might have gotten. And also someone who's out to sell them something good, not just promote the project that they're building, right? Exactly. And I think that's what was the the also the other issue was the numbers. I knew they were projected numbers, so I cut them in half, in my opinion. And when I saw the location, I'm like, yeah, that's more like a quarter of what they were promoting. So it just didn't work anymore. And it's and on Google Maps, I mean, you can only see so much. I couldn't tell that there was a river. <laughs> so that was not a good move. And now you know, I'm it's, more cautious. It's really not. It's really not uncommon to have to drive through a river here. I know. Uh, <laughs> That's but, what I found but, out. But, but to not to get much. to the beach from your Airbnb. That's Maybe. it. Yeah, yeah, to get to the beach. Okay, it's an adventure. That's fun. But <laughs> where you live. And there was a back road. So there was, to their defense, there was another alternative road. But it still wasn't great. And like a um, private airport nearby. Just too many things going that I didn't like. So. Okay. And so you ended up buying something else. Yes. Yeah. House. Uh, It's just, um, it's a detached house, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two floors in a gated community in Playas del Coco. And I I liked it because you can walk to the beach, but you're far enough from the nightlife that you can sleep at night because I've seen other places where it can get loud. So if you're right by uh, where the busy uh, strip is or nightlife, it can be noisy um so i like that area and everything is walkable so i'm i'm a big walker i like walking everywhere so that was a key feature for me and it's rented out very well since yeah great um what what kind of challenges have like other than let's say with the one that you did buy and i know that you're working on a couple of others right now as well but we'll talk about that but what challenges have you encountered so far Okay, quite a few. So when you're looking when you're looking at properties in Costa Rica, make sure they have really good overhangs. So the roof roofing, because during rainy season it rains. Like I've never I've seen lots of snow. <laughs> so frozen rain, but actual liquid rain that much, it's wow, it's something else. So look at that. And then all the um the silicone, like all like make sure the house is sealed properly and the elevation so we had some water infiltration issues with the house so we had to extend some of the um, the roofing over a few doors and windows and finding ways to direct the water so that was a new challenge i've never encountered is that kind of flooding like overland flooding or that was one Uh, number two was um i'd say banking is uh it's a bit complicated so you have to find solutions. Um, I self-manage from Canada, the house. So I don't have property management on site. I have you don't. Uh, no, I have local Ticos. I, I speak Spanish. So I was able to enlist uh, a few people to help me take care of the house, but they're not property management. It's a housekeeper, housekeeping team and a handyman. And that's about it. And the rest I figure out with my virtual assistant from Canada. So you have to have a solid system to do that. And yeah, there, it's been a bit challenging, but learning how the banks work over there and what they need and want, you can do really well. And it's actually a fairly modern country. Like I have 
mobile tap payments now for guests when they arrive they can tap my housekeeper's phone and then the money goes straight to my account um so lots of interesting things going on yeah uh, and i've done everything pretty much like i set up my bank account i didn't go into the bank i did it yeah. all from my computer you know um so I, I really like that too, because you, if you look at any bank, if you're driving down the street, there's a lineup, like 20 Huge. people usually standing and that's there. Hours, so I'm like, I never, people. ever want to go and stand in that line if I can do anything about it. But um, yeah, like the water is a big thing. You've got to be careful with that because what happens because it's so dry most of the time is the water, the ground is so dry that the water can't like, soak into the ground so yeah. it just tries to find somewhere to go and it just goes downhill to the lowest spot and then it sits there right <clears throat> so that is very tricky and you and you notice as soon as it starts raining that it builds up pretty quick it does and if you have a beautiful swimming pool that's level right by your house that pool will flood <laughs> it will yes, overflow yeah. I've well, seen our uh, pool and you have to have a contingency plan or space around right. and it or most something. of them well, mine, like right here, we've got like a, a drain, you know? Yeah. It's like just, it's like above the skimmer. So, you know, as soon as it gets a certain height and then it just goes out behind the fence somewhere. That's it. But you need yeah. to have the grading for that and, and make sure it's not filled with leaves and things. So a different type of maintenance than what I'm used to in, in Canada my pool usually evaporates and then I have to top it up. I never, well, hardly ever overflows, but anyway, something else. So you mentioned banking was a challenge too. In what way was that? Yeah, it's just a bit complicated. I went in person, so I learned the lesson, my lesson the hard way. Um, when you go to the banks there, there's a few different lineups. If you want to open a bank account, there's a, a lineup for bank accounts. There's another lineup for cash. Um, if you're transferring money, you need to go to like one teller and then transfer it to another. So it's a, it's a funny system. While we're quite spoiled in Canada and the US, it's all electronic, but you can do it electronically as well. And um, I'd say as well when you're buying cash. So that's the biggest thing I found is the escrow companies are more picky than when you're getting a mortgage. They really really comb through where your money came from so that's quite interesting like i have several companies i had money from the us money from one corporation money like i had probably 10 different sources and i had to track everything to to show yes i can pay for the house and it's not money laundering and so it's kind of banking in a way like it's just yeah it was something else so i'm yeah, starting that again i, I mean it sounds problem. it sounds complicated because you had all your money in in a bunch of different places that's it like um for the most part though i do find that uh as far as the escrow companies go like that process seems pretty smooth yeah but they the do ask a lot of questions involved in. yeah yeah you need like t4s for the past few years and uh, bank statements for six months and the list goes on so once you've done it it's fine it's just I expected since I'm paying cash I just send it here it is I guess I was quite innocent <laughs> so here when you send cash it's really a mortgage so you're not sending that much cash and there's a lawyer 
involved. Um, in this case, it's done more the American way with an escrow company. Yeah. And as with anything, you're learning and there's going to be yes. hurdles. And now that you're you're familiar with the system and how it works is going to be much easier for the next it ones is. that you're doing. Yeah. yeah, when I got the list for my new properties that are coming up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what to do now. <laughs> um, so you mentioned systems, too. Yes. That you've built for because you're the only person I know that's self-managing their Airbnb here. Yeah, so, and I, I think it's a great savings. So if you're not up to it, don't do it because it's, it's a lot of work. But uh, property management can charge up to, I've heard up to 33%. So between 20, 20, 25 is kind of average, but some go way up, up to 33%, um, not just in Costa Rica, but in the US and other places where I have properties. Uh, so I have a virtual assistant in the Philippines and she works during my day. So our time zone in Eastern Ontario uh, from eight to five, Monday to Friday. So she handles a lot of the messages and registrations and taking payments and communicating with people. And as you know, Rob, everything's done on WhatsApp in Costa Rica. So I is. WhatsApp is accessible anywhere. So I don't really need to be there. And I've also got my housekeeper on WhatsApp and my my handyman. So if anything happens, I message them and within Usually a few minutes, everything's resolved. So it's kind of setting up some procedures on renting a property. And I have uh, short-term rentals in Canada and in the US. So I'm like, well, this is just a different language. Same thing, different language. So, um, And then like, do you have any kind of security or anything like that? The, the house is in a gated community and there's okay. only 22 houses. So... We have uh, guards 24-7 on staff, and uh, they, they really keep a close eye on, on the house on this one. Um, and then the future one is the same thing that I'm building. It's also part of a gated community with security staff, so it makes it easy. If it's a standalone house, I would not recommend self-managing from Canada. <laughs> That's asking for trouble. You need something that's guarded and gated. Otherwise, you need like cameras and... It just, yeah, I don't know if it would work as well. Is there an issue in, because this is in Cocoa, right? Yes. Is there issue with uh, with uh, break-ins? No, no. So it's actually in a great spot. Well, we have really tall walls and everything. So nothing's happened. Um, and it's in a good spot, I think. Uh, there's cameras and electric fences and everything. So it's quite a good little gated community. And, you know, what I've, the one thing that I find about Costa Rica is that um, like when I bought this house, there was like bars on the windows and stuff like that. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't have bars on the windows anymore. Now I do have cameras now. Yeah. Right. Cause I want to know what's going on, but a lot of places do have bars in the windows. Most places are, are walls all the way around. Um, and so that is something that that took some getting used to, right? Because you're yeah. used to seeing your neighbors and having uh, having just more more openness, right? Yes. Like if I'm in my front yard, the gates closed, and that and really the reason why the gates closed is because there's cattle that wander around. That's it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if the gates not closed, they'll walk into our yard. 
So yeah. we've got to keep it that way, unfortunately. But I think that that's most of the reason for it. Like there, there, there's some petty theft and things like that, that do yes. happen. You hear of it just the same as anywhere, but um, just to see the different way uh, that things are built here and the way that they go about it is, uh, is interesting, I guess. Yeah, it really is. And security, just to go back on that, um, there's also the American culture, the influence. So a lot of Americans buy in Costa Rica and they're used to gated communities. Most of Florida has gated communities. Uh, a lot of their states, Texas, people live in gated communities. So they're used to that. While in Canada, it's very weird to see those gates unless you're in an extremely high-end neighborhood. There's a few select areas I've seen that are gated, but it's not mm -hmm. common. It's not common, no. And crime. I mean, a lot of people are worried, but I live in Ottawa and the crime is not, it's fairly high here. Like we've had lots of break-ins, beautiful neighborhoods. People have cameras and all kinds of things and people still break in. So I'm not too concerned about that. And yeah, worst case, they steal a, a TV and then I can replace it. <laughs> so in order to uh, just clear up the the whole thing with the systems i guess you've got like the keys in a certain place so they can access yes. them when they get there and then like once the once uh, have you ever run into a situation where let's say do you have backup cleaners in case these ones yes. like, oh, i can't get there yeah, yeah. so i have uh, normally i recommend to have three teams one's your main team one's a backup and then there's like a third one that kind of fills in, especially during high season. Like right now, my place is book solid till 2024, back to back. I think sometimes a person leaves in the morning, there's a new one in the afternoon. So it requires quite a bit of planning, supplies as well. Uh, the housekeepers are quite used to that. So they actually manage my supplies for me and tell me, okay, we're low on this, we're low on that. And then I, I just pay them and... It's been amazing. I use a lockbox, but you could get something programmable. I just found it easier. Uh, the internet's very reliable, so I could probably go fancier. But for now, it's an old-fashioned lockbox. So people have, first of all, to pre-register with my virtual assistant because they have to get through the gates to get to the house. So they get to the guards. The guards check who are you, you're going where. Then they get in. And then they have the code to get the key for the house and then the lockbox. They have the house instructions and my contact information and also a few local contacts if anything's going on. And it doesn't you make it sound easy, but I mean, I, I don't think I would do it yeah, that way. It's not I, for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you got a good handle on it. So that's good. So what, what are the places that you're having built? Yeah, so in Coco, again, there's a, a new development uh, where they're building one floor kind of bungalows. And I know the builder, so I approached him and asked him, because to make numbers work, it's better to have more than one unit, in my opinion. So duplex, triplexes are fairly hard to come across. So this house will be a main house, two bedrooms, two bathrooms with a pool. And then at the back of the yard, there's a... Um, another access and a little casita, like a one bedroom, sort of like a hotel room. So that's being built. It should be ready in August. And I think that will be great. It's 400 meters from the beach. So it's titled property. We're not dealing with concession land. 
or anything like that, but it's still uh, in a great spot. And it's uh, in Las Palmas, which is the, one of the more developed areas of Coco. And again, close to the airport. That's kind of why I chose Coco. My wife is not a big traveler either. So we want to fly in, get in the car about 30 minutes, 25 minutes. You're in Coco and that's it. I don't want to do any more driving. So, Well, you drove here to visit us, though. I, yeah, I did. But I mean... When I get there, I just want to get to my place and just settle, yeah, and then I, I can drive around. And then you can drive after that. Yeah, it's not, not like you just sit there. No, <laughs> that's yeah. it. I, I I hate that. I hate sitting, and sitting in the plane's already tough. So I want to make sure I get somewhere, and then that's it. So that's number so what two. Were the other reasons you chose Co- why did why you chose Coco? Yeah, the location I like. Um, the the more senior population I thought was fun. So there's less partying. Uh, I know people love Tamarindo and the surf and all that, but there's a lot more parties and a lot more noise. And I live in suburban Ottawa where it's like total silence all the time. So mm-hmm. any type of noise and activity is a big change. Uh, so I thought Coco was a lot quieter. And the other thing I like is Tamarindo, a lot of people call it Tamagringo because it's been gentrified by a lot of white people. So in Coco, you're mixing a lot more with Ticos, the locals, which I personally enjoy. I think it's fun to meet the locals and that's why there's certain opportunities. Not for everybody, again, it might be a bit um, maybe scary at first to some people because they speak Spanish, many are not bilingual. But to me, that's part of the fun experience is getting to know the people and making a difference in the community as well. And there's huge development coming to Coco. So I think it's a location prime for redevelopment. Like Tamarindo is a great place. We were just there. We went last night for my it's son's fun. birthday. And, uh, and, but in high season, like, I don't know. Takes an I, hour I think to they get need in. to re- replan <laughs> their developing uh, like going forward in the future because like it takes a long time to get in and out of the car. Yeah. Um, sometimes in, in Coco, the, the roads are much more, wider. Yeah. They're wider and more able to compensate for all of the traffic that is, that is going yeah. through. Um, and I didn't find that uh, I'm trying to learn Spanish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I mean, it's but, for everybody's different. But in Coco, I didn't find that I like everyone spoke English there too, as far as I I oh, could wow. see anyways. You know, maybe because I speak Spanish, nobody uh nobody Yeah, tried. yeah, that's the that's <laughs> and I the don't thing. sound Anglophone either. So I don't yeah, I don't I guess I don't fit in. They're like, Are you from France? Nope. <laughs> and the proximity to the airport is great too. Yeah, it's that, that's nice. And it's nice being able to go to Liberia where the airport is. There's a lot of conveniences like Walmart and Price Smart, which is the local Costco. Uh, it's fun to have that. There's even Pizza Hut. Not that I want to eat there, but anyway. And you get a lot of deals when you go in those non-tourist towns. You get things for a lot less. So shopping in Liberia is great. You can get stuff for a lot cheaper and Furnish your place. Uh, there's some great stores and great restaurants. You've got an event coming up. Let's talk about that. Yes. So uh, it's called Invest in Pura Vida. And it's the 2023 edition. I'm hoping to do it 
more regularly because I get just like you a lot of questions. People hear, oh, you got Costa Rica, why and how? And people want to know. So I think it's important to come come and experience it, first of all, and see it firsthand. So in March, uh, March 21st, 22nd and 23rd, uh, we're uh, live in Playas del Coco. I have a website, investinpuravida.com. And it's a three-day event. We're talking about, um, we're talking with your friends about becoming your own banker. So we're going to have Ascendant Financial, a few reps in person. We have a YouTube expert. As a real estate investor, you have to market yourself. I am, that's what I do for a living. I'm in marketing. So I'm going to have a YouTube expert come down and tell people how to work on your YouTube and grow. And most importantly, we're going to have a lot of real estate. So lots of new construction projects from all from Guanacaste and also financing. So private lenders from Canada and the U.S., uh, accounting, banking. We're going to have a whole bunch of things. So very exciting event. And it's happening right on the beach. So it should be a lot of fun. Sounds informative for sure. Yeah. And of course, you've got all, all your stuff uh, that you're involved in in Canada too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so community, I podcast. Yeah, I host my own podcast called Wine and Real Estate. So if you want to hear my crazy stories about investing in different countries and talking to investors, it's a lot of fun. And I'm also uh, I also coach people on investing in real estate. So as a a hobby. A lot of people call me and, hey, do you want to be my coach? Okay, I'll do it. But it's not like a formal uh, coaching thing. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and in Ottawa as well, I, I attend and host a lot of uh, investor meetups and meetings. But I'm hoping in a few months, maybe to a year, to live half and half. So half in Canada, half in Costa Rica. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, should be great. <laughs> um. If you could give one piece of advice to Canadians who want to buy in Costa Rica, what would it be? Uh, you have to be creative. So uh, it's like if you put your mind to it, it's everything is possible with creativity. So I didn't think we could find all that U.S. cash to buy a house cash, but my wife and I did and we were shocked and now we found the money for a second one and a third one. And so if you're able to open your mind to possibilities, the money will come. And uh, yeah, you, you may have to kind of change your perception. How much space do you want? Do you need uh, people live differently? Just like you live in Costa Rica, there's a lot more outdoor living. So you don't need as big of a house as what you have in Canada. So just being open-minded and creative, I think, will really change how your experience goes. And make yeah, I think less is more for sure. It really is. I'm shocked. I'm always like, yeah, we don't need much here. I'm like in my flip-flops all the time, and <laughs> you don't need much storage. Uh, the pool, it's good to have one. You need it, but it doesn't need to be an Olympic-sized swimming pool. You've got mm -hmm. the beach, so why not take advantage of it? And then I guess let's just talk about like you, you're in Coco, you know, we talked about why, but what is your favorite thing about the area, like a restaurant or a tour or beach? Like what would be that thing? Uh, one thing I love, I think, is the variety of beaches. So Playas del Coco is a nice beach. It's not like the nicest ever, but it's a nice one. 
But if, again, going back to driving, if you are okay with driving around, you can go to Playa Hermosa. That's like a 10-minute drive. You've got a second beach, Playa Ocotal. Next door is another 5-10 minute drive. You've got another beach. you got Tamarindo, not too far. That just goes on and on. There's like a million beaches and they're all different. Black sand, white sand, Playa Conchal with the uh, the seashells. It's just amazing. And locally, I like the people. The Ticos, I think, are very endearing. They're kind people and very generous and and happy. I don't know what they eat, but they're always happy. Uh, so it's it's just fun. A different atmosphere. The water too. The 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 tap water is amazing. I love it. I, I know it's a bit harder. It's got like um, not calcium minerals in it from the volcanoes and things, but it's just amazing. You feel healthy or drinking it. So yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I drink the tap water. It's just fine everywhere. Yeah. You said a lot there. Yes. There's a lot to like. <laughs> yeah, there's um, really a lot. And yeah, people are creative. Like you see cool architecture as well. I do marketing for an architectural and engineering firm in Ottawa. And the construction is so different because everything's open, like inside, outside. It's just fun to look around and see the creative ways that properties were built and different architecture. It's It's interesting. And what you said about the beaches is true. They are, they're all like, even though they're close, each one of them is different. In some yeah, way. different vibes. Some are urban, <clears throat> some are really secluded, um, more wildlife, less wildlife. Um. And the big thing is they're all just open to the public. All yeah, the they're down, all free. One end to the other on every single one of them. Yeah, it's fantastic. not like Mexico, no right. gate. You let's see your wristband to go down to this yeah. end of the beach. Yeah, no, that's one of the best things about it for sure. How can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, they can look me up on social media. So Francois Lantier, or they can look up wine and real estate and get a hold of me. Or my email is simple. So my name, Francois, F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S dot Lantier, L-A-N-T-H-R-E-R at live.ca. And I'm, yeah, I'm always here to help. I love helping other people grow and scale and expand their minds as well. I never thought I would leave Canada and then the US and now North America, South America, Central America, and now I'm in Asia. So anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Yeah, I'd love to hear from people. Check check me out on social and I'd love to connect. Yeah, that's a fantastic note to leave on. And I'm going to have all your info on the show notes. So Perfect. anyone listening can can just I'm going to also put in the uh, investor tour link. Excellent. In there for everybody. OK, well, thanks very much. Really appreciate you sharing all this. And uh, everybody listening can reach me at Rob at Mr. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. 